Well, how's everybody doing today? So great to be together and uh, just want to welcome everybody. I want to welcome everybody who's joining us online. We're in the second week of our Advent series, which is called Fear Not, a Christmas series. Today, I want to talk to you about the fear that can arise from God's call on our life. God has a greater call on our lives. We'll explore the story of Mary, who overcame her fears and answered God's call. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 1. That's where we'll be today. The scripture will be up on the screen for you as well. Now, while you're turning there, many of you know that Angie and I, my wife, do not have any pets. To the dismay of our children, not even a goldfish or a hamster or anything like that. Uh, but early on in our marriage, Angie and I once owned a puppy for six days, about as long as it lasted. Uh, it all kind of happened over Christmas break. Angie and I were walking through the mall and we saw a pet store. We had casually talked about, you know, a dog or something like that. This is early on in our marriage. And uh, so we thought, hey, why not? Let's go into the pet store and see what kind of puppies they have. How many of you know that was our first mistake? <laughs> because when we got into the pet store, we saw the cutest, most adorable Cavachon puppy. If you don't know what that is, put, a, put it up there on the screen for you. Oh man, as we were ooing and aahing over that little puppy, one of the pet store employees came over and asked if we would like to hold the puppy. Uh, how many of you know as soon as they put their, that puppy in your arms, it's over. Everyone said, it's over. And we were in love. We bought the puppy right there on the spot. And we really had no idea what it entailed to have a pet or a puppy or anything like that. We didn't necessarily grow up with dogs. But uh, there we were. We had purchased our puppy. And uh, it basically lasted for six days. Uh, and then it was like, no, we can't handle this. But uh, those six days had some wonderful memories. I'll never forget uh, bringing our puppy home and setting it on our living room carpet. It was so happy it peed right there. And then uh, after we cleaned that up, we got to play with the puppy and uh, just loved like running all over the carpet. But when we would go into the kitchen, it wouldn't follow us into the kitchen. It stopped at the very edge of the line of carpet. And uh, it was really, the puppy was really nervous about stepping onto the slippery kitchen floor. And so Angie and I just kind of would, would stand there and be like, come on, you can do it, you got it. And as soon as that puppy stepped on the smooth kitchen floor, its little legs slipped right out from under it, plopped on the floor as if it had stepped onto a frozen lake. We're, our message today is fear not. And I could tell you so many stories of times in my life when I was just like that Cavachon puppy. I was literally on the brink of God's greater call on my life. It's just right there outside of my comfort zone. And I would hesitate or be unable to do that. And so many times in our lives, fear keeps us inside of our comfort zone, uh, afraid to to step into that life of faith. See, in the Christian life, faith is where the action is. And no doubt about it, God has an awesome call on your life and my life today. But so many times that fear can rise up, can stir in our hearts. And if we live our lives too safely, we will never experience 
the grandness of God's plan. See, oftentimes God calls us to do things that are risky, uh, things that uh, maybe don't make sense or might sound a little crazy, things we could be scared to do. Uh, fear might be, uh, gosh, you know, coming into the front door of a church on Sunday morning is, could be one of the scariest things to do. And maybe there's some trepidation even just coming today. This is out of your comfort zone. Fear uh, is why maybe we as believers don't tell others about Jesus. We're not as public with our faith. Fear keeps us uh, from when we're, you know, in a small group with other Christians, sometimes we're afraid to pray out loud or Fear may be the reason why we don't give more of our money away to those who are in need or to the work of the gospel. Fear is often uh, why we continue to compromise or maybe why we stay in a bad relationship. We've all felt afraid of answering God's call because faith is risky and risk is scary. I want you to imagine Mary this morning, we uh, just saw that great skit. Imagine how Mary felt. An angel appears to Mary and tells her that she is going to be pregnant. She's going to have a baby as a virgin. Her son will be the savior of the world. She must have been terrified and not a little overwhelmed because the very first words of the angel were, Fear not. How about that? Mary is exemplary for us today in how she answers the greater call. She embraces it by faith. And today I'm excited to tell you that God has a greater call on your life. And you're going to see that you can embrace that call just like Mary by stepping out in faith and believing the Lord. So let's get to it. Luke 1, verses 26 through 38. This is our scripture reading. Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. You're to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her own age. That links back to our message last week when uh, God appeared by an angel to Zechariah. Excuse me, when an angel appeared to Zechariah, God had called him to step out in faith. And she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. Nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. 
It's our word of the Lord for us this morning. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the wonderful reminders uh, through the songs and the skits uh, that you call us to step out in faith so many times. And I pray today that you would encourage our faith, that you would, uh, God, ignite a fire in our hearts of passion for Jesus where we're ready to go out and really uh, be courageous for Jesus, to see lives changed for Jesus Christ. So come, change our lives through the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm excited to share this word with you this morning. Let's get to it. First of all, God has a greater call on our lives, but oftentimes we let fear get in the way. Can anybody relate to that? I can relate to that this morning, right? You're sensing God calling you, God moving in your heart, but right away there's this fear that rises up. And I, I want to encourage you this morning that God has a greater call on your life. Now here on a Sunday morning uh, in December, you may not uh, really be thinking that or realizing that. Uh, a lot of times the, the ordinariness and the mundaneness of life uh, can cause us to forget about our dreams, forget about things that God has called us to. But I want to tell you today that you know, no matter who you are, no matter where you've been or what you've done, God has a purpose for your life. And you're not too young for that purpose. You're not too old for that purpose. Uh, you, you don't need a certain degree to carry out that purpose that he has on your life. See, God has a calling on your life that he wants you to know. And uh, Paul, in Ephesians 1.18, prays for his fellow believers that they may know the hope of his calling. And God wants you to know the hope of your calling today, too. He has great plans and purposes for you this morning. Be assured of that. In uh, Luke chapter 1, God calls a young woman named Mary, verse 26. It says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And it says Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So here the angel appears to a humble, uh, ordinary young teenager named Mary. Uh, but the words of this angel catch Mary off guard. God calls Mary to do something unimaginable. She is to give birth to the Messiah. And we're told Mary was greatly troubled. And I can imagine in that moment that Mary uh, started to uh, mentally list all the reasons why she wasn't ready to do this. She might have said, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm too young for this. The Bible doesn't exactly specify Mary's age, but it was very common in that culture for girls to get married uh, as early as 12 years old. It's very likely that Mary is a young teenager, somewhere between 12 and uh, 14 years old, maybe 15. So here is a young, young woman, and God has this great plan for her life. I, I imagine th she started to think about her future, and she was engaged to Joseph. She was in love. She had, uh, I'm sure she was planning her marriage and uh, having her own house, children, all those things. But God shows up 
And in a moment, everything changes. Her, her plans, all that she had thought about her life, what God asked Mary to do will have a profound impact on her life. It will change her life forever. And just like Mary, God comes to our life and he often calls us to do what we call these hard things. When I was a youth pastor for many years, uh, Angie and I would take our students through a book called Do Hard Things. And uh, we have it up there, good. The, uh, the subtitle is A Teenage Rebellion Against Low Expectations. By the way, this book is written by two teenagers, or at least they were teenagers at the time. And they wrote it to teenagers to challenge them to see the great potential of their lives if they will, will step out and do hard things for the Lord. They write early on in the book, we believe our generation is ready to rethink what teens are capable of doing and becoming. I think Mary is a great example of an ordinary teenager who did something really hard for the Lord, isn't she? Where did Mary get her confidence as a young woman? The angel says, greetings. Greetings, the Lord is with you. And if Mary could do hard things because the Lord was with her, you better believe that you and I can do hard things because God is with us. Do you remember our fear fighter verse from last week? We said it was the, the uh, version Bible apps verse of the year for 2023. It's our theme verse for the series, Isaiah 41.10. This is the word of the Lord to you this morning. It says, do not fear. God says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And God's calling every one of us today to something greater. And he's speaking this word to our hearts that he is with us. Do not be afraid. When God calls you to the unimaginable, when he trusts you to do the impossible, he will strengthen you. He will help you. He will uphold you with his righteous right hand. That's our God. That's who he is. Well, what, could this, what could these hard things be? In their book, Alex and Brett Harris, uh, Do Hard Things, they identify five kinds of hard. And I think this is really helpful. They give us five different categories of hard things that we may be faced with, uh, hard things every one of us uh, might be challenged to do. Here they are. Uh, number one, things outside your comfort zone. That's a hard thing. Uh, maybe it's uh, public speaking, standing in front of a crowd, learning a new skill, meeting new people. Maybe it's becoming a new parent, and that's outside of your comfort zone. Whatever it is, God often calls us to step out of our comfort zone. It's a hard thing. Number two, things that go beyond what's expected or required. Why do so many people do just enough? Right? Just just enough to get by. Because to go above and beyond is actually a hard thing. Uh, things like uh, doing a chore that you're not required to do. How about uh, maybe you spent you know, a lot of time helping a customer or going above and beyond with the quality and excellence of your work. Right? You did that, and it's a special kind of hard because it requires an initiative that comes from the inside. 
it's a hard thing, right? It takes extra effort to go be above and beyond. And Alex and Brett Harris say that's a, that's a hard thing that, that God can call us to. Number three, things that are too big to accomplish on your own. You have a big vision, a big plan. You can't do it on your own. Maybe there's a project at work and you need to bring other people and get them involved. Maybe you're the one this year that has to plan the big Christmas event and you're trying to get you know, certain people to do certain things. That's a hard thing, that's for sure. These are hard things because they're too big to accomplish on our own. Number four, things that don't earn an immediate payoff. It's hard because you don't feel the benefit right away. That could be examples of this might be uh, working out or fighting sin or doing your schoolwork or maybe pursuing a degree. Some of the best things in life are hard because they don't pay off in the short term, but they have huge benefits in the long term. It's a hard thing. The last hard thing that Alex and Brett Harris are things that challenge the cultural norm. Alex and Brett write, these choices go against the flow. Dressing modestly, saying no to premarital sex, and holding unpopular opinions on issues like homosexuality or abortion, these choices are hard because they can cost you your popularity and friendships. Maybe today you could even lose a job, you're, you're othered, you're uh, out, and uh, you know, they're challenging us here. Are, are we going to stand up and live courageously for Jesus Christ? It's a, it's a hard thing. In church, we can do hard things. God has a greater calling on our lives. What's the hard thing facing you today? For Angie and I, I've shared this before, our, our hard thing is, uh, right now, is, is affording to put our kids in a Christian school and it, it hits on so many of these things, things that are outside your comfort zone. My wife took a job doing something she's not trained to do, and, and she's doing amazing. Things go beyond what's expected or required, things that challenge the cultural norm. Why are we doing this? Because every family should put their kids in Christian school? Not at all. But because this is God's assignment for our family for this season. And this is where God is calling the Vincent family, to learn, just like Mary, that God is with us. And we're trusting God, and he is providing, and he is faithful. See, when we step out of our comfort zone, we land in a place where God's miracles can happen. And I truly believe that today. How about you? When you over, look over this list of five kinds of hard from the book Do Hard Things, what's coming up for you? What difficult task or challenge is God urging you to accept? One of my favorite quotes is this one by G.K. Chesterton. He says, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found lacking. It has been found difficult and left untried. God has a greater call on our lives. So often we let fear get in the way, and I know I do. So how do we turn some of those fears into faith? Well, we can turn fear into faith by looking to Jesus. And this is what Mary does. We read that Mary is greatly troubled, but the angel continues in verse 30. Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You'll be with child and give birth to a son. You're to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. 
The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will have no end. Mary in this passage is heroic, but Jesus is the hero. Does that make sense? Mary's heroic. Jesus is the hero. In order to do hard things in our life, we need to see Jesus and know who Jesus is. So who is Jesus? Well, according to the angel Gabriel, Jesus is the son of the most high, who has come down from the highest heaven to be born as a child in the lowest of circumstances, even to a teenage mother named Mary. But the angel tells Mary that Jesus will be great. And I want you to capture that this morning. What did, we, what did the kids sing today? Mary, what are you going to name that baby? It was a good song. Who is Jesus? Who is he really? He's just that baby in a manger, and the angel says, uh-uh-uh. This child is going to be great. And he's going to fulfill all those prophecies in the Old Testament. Jesus will sit on the throne of David. We will name him what? Lord and Savior, that's who Jesus is. In fact, uh, he will sit on the throne of David, it says, which Jesus actually accomplishes in his resurrection from the dead. Jesus is alive. He's reigning over all things. Rest assured of that. And from this has come those two great confessions of the church. Number one, Jesus is Lord. He reigns over all things. Christ is the King. And number two, Come, Lord Jesus. He's coming back again. And when he comes, he will reign forever. How about that? His kingdom will have no end. That's incredible. And everything sad will become untrue. It, there will be a new heavens and a new earth, and he will reign for eternity. That is exciting. Jesus is awesome. And Mary realizes if this is the son to be born, she has no reason to fear. And we have no reason to fear either because Jesus is with us. We turn fear into faith by looking to Jesus. And I want to talk today about God's calling on our life. But I want you to realize that God's greatest call on any one of our lives is that we would trust in Jesus as our Savior and our Lord. There is no higher calling, there is no bigger purpose than to simply Turn to Jesus and trust him with your life. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. So we can be forgiven. He rose from the dead so that we can have a new life in Christ. And that new life means we get to know Jesus and spend eternity with him. It is awesome. And from the moment you do that, there's no fear. Because Christ is in your life. Your life is secure. You belong to Jesus. We turn fear into faith by looking to Jesus. So why does that matter? Because God has a great call on our lives. Sometimes we let fear get in the way. But check this out. Faith enables us to answer God's call. When all the fear goes away? No. Even when we feel afraid. This is big. Did you guys see my daughter up here this morning? I'm still in shock. Because for a lot of you know, uh, Lydia, she, she got up here, she read the poem, and that was huge for her. She is not one to get in front of people or to speak in front of people. And 
Uh, I'm kind of in shock as a dad just that she would do that because I know how hard that was for her. Two weeks ago, she was up here doing the motions with, for the children's songs, and uh, Amy's like, we got two volunteers uh, for, for worship to do the motions. And she said, one of them's your daughter. And I was like, wait, my daughter? <laughs> Please don't tell my daughter that we're having this conversation. <laughs> but I couldn't be more proud as a dad. You know, John Wayne had a saying. He said, courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Mary was greatly troubled. And I think we can understand how scared she might be. She was about to be pregnant. Her whole future was uncertain. And many questions filled her mind. Like, what will my future husband think? What will my parents say? Um, will anyone believe my story? And yet, even as Mary felt all of those fears, she moved forward with God's plan anyway. See, faith enables us to answer God's call even when we feel afraid. Mary asked a question just like Zachariah did. If you were here last week, there's this priest named Zachariah. Uh, he went in and his son's going to be John the Baptist. The angel appeared to Zachariah and said, hey, your wife is going to give birth to a son in her old age. And he doubted. He asked God a question. Hey, show me a sign. What's a sign of this? And you remember God put uh, Zechariah in a, a quiet zone? He got a little, uh, hey, you won't be able to talk until the baby's born. God put him in a timeout. Well, Mary asked the question too. Isn't that interesting? But her question doesn't come from a place of doubt, but from a place of faith. She asks, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. Mary's question here isn't, if this is going to happen, her question is, how is this going to happen? She believes, but she's got a question. Uh, she's a virgin and will be after all. And you may wonder how you're supposed to do hard things when you feel afraid. And the answer from the angel is faith. Faith to do hard things. And the words of the angel build up Mary's faith and our faith. So here's just some encouragement that can give us faith this morning to do hard things that God has in front of us. Number one, faith in the blessing. Verse 28, the angel went to Mary and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. So the, Mary, uh, the angel wants Mary to understand that uh, being called by God is actually a sign of God's favor. And even if it's difficult, God is bestowing a blessing. Say, yeah, but this is a hard thing. You guys know there's a scripture in Romans that says, Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope doesn't disappoint. Yeah, but it's hard. Ah. Suffering produces endurance. Endurance, character. Character, hope. God is actually bestowing a blessing, believe it or not, in the midst of the difficult things. It's a sign of God's favor. I, I love this. This is a secular writer, entrepreneur and writer, Nat Eliason explains. The ability to do hard things is perhaps the most useful ability you can foster in yourself or your children. It's a good one, mom and dad right there. The more hard things you push yourself to do, the more competent you will see yourself to be. 
If you can run marathons and throw double your body weight over your head, uh, for Scott there, he's a thrower. Uh, the sleep deprivation from a newborn is only a mild irritant. If you can excel at organic chemistry or econometrics, I don't know what that is, onboarding for a new finance job will be a breeze. But if we avoid hard things, anything mildly challenging will seem insurmountable. We'll cry into TikTok over an errant period at the end of a text message. We'll see ourselves as incapable of learning new skills, taking on new careers, and escaping bad situations. The proof you can do hard things is one of the most powerful gifts you can give yourself. When hard things come, please believe that God can bestow a blessing, one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself to do those hard things. Faith in the blessing. Number two, faith in the power. Mary knows the impossibility of her situation. The angel explains in verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She who is said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing, nothing is impossible with God. Through the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit, God makes the impossible possible. I love this quote by Elizabeth Elliot. She says, what God calls us to, to do is always impossible. That is without his help. It's always too big for us, too demanding. The price is too high. Yet he calls us to count our lives, not dear to ourselves. Nothing is impossible for God. God has given us his Holy Spirit. He's with us. His power, his powerful presence is resting on us and in us. He gives the Holy Spirit. Faith in the blessing, faith in the power. Last one. I think this is huge. Faith to let it be. Faith to accept. To accept. Sometimes with my kids, I say, uh, and they've got a hard thing. I'm just like, hey, you got to swallow that frog. I don't know where that came from. I like swallow the frog and do it, you know? Eat that vegetable. Come on. And, and Mary does this amazing thing where she just trusts. She trusts and accepts. Verse 38, I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. Here it is. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. And I know so many times in my life as a leader, I've felt fear, and then I've learned to move forward and to embrace that fear and to accept the fear and to do it anyway. This is the faith of Mary, who anticipated the challenges ahead and had the faith, the one belief, the blessing to come to believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, and had the faith to say, may it be to me, and do it anyway. What a what an incredible young woman of faith this is. By the power and the strength to trust God with his call in her life. Faith enables us to answer God's call even when we feel afraid. And I just want to end with this. And then we'll close with our song. This is Christmas season, so uh, we're buying a lot of gifts for people. 
I spent a lot of time this weekend online searching for that perfect gift for the really hard to shop for person. <laughs> We're all in that mode of like looking for gifts for other people. But there is a gift that you can give yourself today. Put the quote back up from Nat Eliason. Doing hard things, the most powerful gift you can give yourself. Faith. Get yourself a gift this year for Christmas. And do those hard things that God has in front of you. Just like Mary, trusting God, turning fears into faith by looking to Jesus. Let me pray for us this morning. God, we thank you that you have more for us. You have bigger dreams for us this morning. You have a higher calling and a purpose for every one of our lives. And sometimes we forget about that in the ordinariness and the mundane. But help us to hear your voice and to feel deep down inside of us that you're calling us out. You're calling us forward, sometimes outside of our comfort zone. And whatever that is, God, we, we pray for a sense of your presence. I pray that your peace would overcome our hearts this morning and that we would recognize the lordship of Jesus Christ. He reigns over all things. And if there is anyone here today who hasn't surrendered their life to you as Savior and Lord, God, I pray that their hearts would turn to you this morning. We would all be able to acknowledge our weakness, inadequacies, sin, and simply trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for Jesus, for coming in the person of your Son to rescue us and redeem us. We love you, God. We surrender our lives to you. And we believe in the great plans and purposes you have for us. So we give you this time this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.